Oh shit! Yes, people, we are coming in strong. God damn! Welcome to a new episode of Echoes from the Goddamn Void. Every time I hear this song, I, I just get this man like Michael Bisbin walking to the ring, taking apart Anderson Silva, knocking out Luke Rockhold. Ah, shit. Man, those were the days, right? But, um, <laughs> you know what? A lot. A lot can happen in a week, right, people? But, like, last week we talked about, you know, how Scotland were being crazy with their school results. You know what I mean? They they downgraded 125,000 results. But, supposedly, they have done a U-turn, Right? They've done a U-turn and they are going to be, um, you know, considering uh, teachers' recommendations, right? So you think, that's not bad, that's pretty decent, right? But the thing is, they're supposedly that's, it's, you know, the new upgrades are only going to affect 75,000 of those People, so you're just like, all right, but what about the others? And really, teacher recommendations, really, teacher recommendations. I mean, I maybe I'm just an arsehole. I, I, I don't answer that, people, but I can tell you, uh, teachers lie, <laughs> teachers fucking lie. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know what I mean? Going by their word for some of this stuff, right? Mm, I think that's a little suspect. You just have to say, like, just issue a blanket fucking thing. You know what I mean? Call it COVID. You know what I mean? The COVID results, right? And everyone gets a certain, they just get given this thing. Right, and it just shows that hey, you were you, I mean you graduated in the time of COVID, you couldn't do an exam, so people just look at it like that, right? Because going, oh no, this person would have got an A or this person would have got a D. How the fuck do you know? How do you know? It's bullshit. And like <laughs> You then think, oh, what's happening in England? Well, those dumb motherfuckers, they've decided to uh, go by people's mock exam results, right? Which, that's some bullshit. Your mock exams aren't the exam. So firstly, right, not everyone really takes them that seriously. Because you, you're doing the mocks whilst you're doing a whole a load of other shit. So there's that, right? But also, you're, you're getting used to how this fucking system works. You know what I mean? So it's just like, you do the mock, then you understand, oh, so the paper's going to be like this, and it's going to be like that. So then when you come to the actual exam, you have an understanding now of what's expected and how this is going to be. So, you know what I mean? You can, do you know what I mean? 
go and do better. <laughs> That's a, like I know my exam results were better than my mock exam results. So you can't use the mock. That's some other crazy shit. You know what I mean? It is all just it's all very much insane. I mean, do I really care? No. I to be honest, I don't really care. Because yeah, fuck them. <laughs> I mean, I'm to be honest, hey, I'm focusing on myself trying to get a fucking job. I don't need this new bunch of motherfuckers coming out. You know what I mean? No. Don't need that shit. Fuck that shit. But it's not the craziest stuff. Okay, so, ah, you know, a charity. Now, this is just baffling, right? The Terence Higgins Trust is telling people that um, right now, while COVID is around, you have to be doing sex differently. That's right, people. You can't be having sex Face to face No, 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 no Because you might spread the disease You know, the, the only way You should be having sex Is, um, you know When you're not looking at someone So, hey, it's doggy style All the way, essentially Or, you know what I mean You're on top Shoving their face into the pillow Something like that You know what I mean just pick something a little demeaning um, And that's the way you're going to be doing it From now on <laughs> So if your partner Has always said We are not doing it doggy No, you can say Hey, the government is telling me to do this Now turn the fuck around I don't want to smell your stinky breath Okay Because that's what they're saying, right They're saying avoid kissing Yo, avoid kissing. And I'm like, this is the insane thing. Okay. If you're having sex and someone's got COVID, you're getting COVID. Right? Because, hey, believe it or not, a bodily discretions are um, yeah. They are shared <laughs> Now, I'm not even talking about, you know, vaginal fluids or cum Semen, you may say, you know But there's sweat I mean, if you're doing it right You know what I mean? So, hey, there's all of this stuff Right? Mucus You know, if you're going down on someone You know what I mean? And again, if you're doing it right, people, you're going to be spreading stuff. So, Higgins Trust, man, back the fuck off. Like, what are you talking? Come on now. And stop with, oh, the best way to um, have sex right now is sex with yourself. Shut up. You know what I mean? Shut the fuck up. Like... That's from, you know what I mean, the person that wrote that shit is someone that is tired of fucking their partner. Straight, straight up. You know what I mean? They'd be like, oh no, not tonight. It's, it's COVID, man. I'm gonna just, you know, watch, watch Pornhub and, uh, you know what I mean, pleasure myself. <laughs> like, no. Come on, let's be realistic, people. Look, 
if you just fuck whoever fuck whoever because you've got that close you're getting it and the chances are you've already had it and you're fine yeah, I mean, just be sen- Like, at the end of the day, just be fucking sensible. You know what I mean? Don't be fucking people that are coughing all over the place and look like they're ill. You know what I mean? Just do it like that. I think everything will be fine. You know what I mean? It's just, it comes down to common sense, people. It comes down to common motherfucking sense. You know what I mean? And, hey, so it's all going America right now. Joe Biden, you know, you're the guy that's like, trust all women, but not the women accusing me of rape. <laughs> you know, he has picked Kumala Harris as his vice president candidate. You know, so if he gets elected, she, I mean, I, what, like, why are we even playing here? You know what I mean? Basically, he has said that Harris is President-elect Because I think we all know That Biden ain't gonna make it He ain't even gonna make it Through a four-year term If he got elected You know, like He is going to be dead Before that first term So she will be the president Essentially that is the deal Now, a lot of people You know, writing stories About all of this but the thing is, no one is going, oh, is she a good candidate? You know what I mean? Like, what are her policies and blah, blah, blah? It's just like, oh, she's um, biracial. Oh, she, uh, you know, she's still down with her Indian roots. She eats roti. It's just like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? That's not the fucking question I might be ignorant But surely that's not the question I kind of feel though The real question is Why Harris? Why Harris? Because hey, she might have ripped Biden apart In their debates But she was destroyed By Tulsi Gabbard So You know what I mean? And Gabbard was in the race Longer than Harris so you kind of think, wait, why wouldn't Harris be, you mean, the VP? Like, this is the thing that I feel should be talked about. Like, how does, you know, Harris get the nod over people that then, say, beat her in the, you know, the race for the nomination? Like, this, wouldn't you look at it as, okay, so the person that was the last to um, have to give up once it went to Biden, isn't that the most, you know, the best person for the job? Because surely they were the next in line, as it were, you know what I mean? Like, aren't we looking at it like that? I mean, supposedly Harris fundraids real world. So Biden's kind of like, all right, it's bringing money. It's bringing the black vote, the Indian vote. Oh, look, I've got a woman. But that was his whole thing, really, as well, wasn't it, right? I'm My VP will be a woman. You're not... My VP is going to be the best for the role. He was just like, it's going to be a woman. Now, no issue with it being a woman. 
are we looking at the best per? Is Harris the best person? You know, I don't know, but that's what I'm asking. You know, that's what I'm asking, and I don't see anywhere that seems to be asking that fucking question. You know, it's kind of it, it is crazy. It is crazy, but people, there are other crazy things. So, hey, why don't I stop talking and let's kickstart this motherfucking episode and let's get into it, okay? Let's go, people. Okay, so with this one, right, you know, I don't know, hands up, right, I don't know all the in and outs. Right, I don't have a full understanding of legislations and, you know, all of that. But, I do find this intriguing. You know, the whole thing baffles me, right? Because I found out that the, you know, New York Attorney General... Right, um, Lalita James She is suing the NRA Right, suing the NRA And, um Yeah, looking to dissolve them Now, the NRA is the National Rifle Association Right, um And she's saying that its chief executive Wayne LaPerry has been misappropriating money for his personal use, which, yeah, that's not right, that's messy, it's fucked up, definitely, I I agree with that, what I don't get though, is the then asking for the organisation to be dissolved, that baffles me, right, because that never happens with anything else, you don't see, uh, like, a, an organisation who's, and let's be honest, there are a lot, <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of organisations and firms and this like that have been found to fit in the books, let's say, you know, massaging the numbers That's been found But they don't call for the organisation to be dissolved Don't do it So it's just weird That they want the NRA to be dissolved Now, listen We know that You know, like the whole gun situation Man, that's all Hearing you either with it or you're against it Really Not many people seem to be in the middle on that one And also, the NRA lobbies They lobby hard It's one of the biggest organisations for doing that shit So, yeah, that's a fact, right? But now you've got Two district attorneys, New York and Washington, who are, uh, you know, suing them. So this, this is weird. This is a very 
weird. And my big thing with this is, right, you're going after the NRA for, uh, you know, fiddling their books, right? So that's what you're doing. Fine. But why is it they haven't done anything about, you know, the murders of Brianna Taylor and, um, you know, Aubrey, Mar- Aubrey uh, and, uh, you know, the, um, oh my gosh, McCade, McCade, fuck, I can't remember names, my memory shit, people, but yeah, it's just like, okay, alright, fine, if, if you're doing that, why aren't you doing anything else, like, why just go after them? That's my question Now, maybe there's a big reason Right, but I don't know Because we know That the the killings Were unlawful We know that There's clear evidence to show Clear evidence to show But for some reason The murderers haven't been arrested Which Baffles the fuck out Like why Why is this a thing still It doesn't make any sense So Yeah That's what confuses me about this You know It's like you're putting all your energies Into doing this But not around Other things And also If you're going to get rid of the NRA what are you going to put in its place? You know what I mean? Because, hey, if you think guns are an issue with them, what do you think it's going to be like without them? So you need something else. <laughs> you know what I mean? You need something else. So, yeah, this is a weird one. And it kind of just stinks. Really, of the fact that, yeah, they lobby. They lobby and help people get elected. You know, like Bush, he was a um, a big supporter. Trump's a big supporter. You know what I mean? So it, it kind of seems that that is more the issue than anything else. They want to try and take a a major political player off the board before November. That's what it really seems like. Which, like shame, shame. Yeah, with everything that's been happening and the real injustices. And don't get me wrong, right? Him stealing money, yes, that's a bad thing. But you could just sue him. You know, sue him Like when someone who runs an organisation Is dumb for fraud and theft and all of these things They get sacked and they can't run a company again But that's it Like you don't shut down the company So yeah, it kind of seems that The real intentions are To stop a source of funding, resource, and power. 
That's what it seems. Which, why the fuck? Like, if you think Trump is so bad, so terrible, so dumb, shouldn't that be enough, right? Because surely, you, you know what I mean? Everyone says, oh, he's an idiot. No one likes him, blah, blah, blah. Well, if that's the case, then you don't need to do things like this. Because Biden's just going to take it, right? Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Politics, it's a fucking weird, dirty-ass game. It's a weird, dirty-ass game, man. And, uh, yeah, it's just a shame people just can't be fucking honest. Because this... Kind of reeks, man. I, you know what I mean? I ain't gonna lie. Kind of reeks. And that's from someone that doesn't know shit. <laughs> okay, so there seems to be... Man, just... Things happening, right? And people always use an excuse of... Oh... We didn't realise. Or or we now see this wasn't our story to tell. But I, I you know I mean? you look at these things, right? And you kinda wonder at what point in the in the creative process did you look at this and think this is gonna be great? Like people want this story, or yeah, everyone everyone will be cool with this. It's really weird, you know what I mean? Like, um, so a couple of like theatre creatives. So there's a lyricist Charlie Sahin and a composer Tim Rosa. They they work in the theatre and they created a story in 2017 called. Um, the boy who danced on air, right? And it's a it's supposedly a love story. Now the issue is, it's around uh, this. Hmm. Well, there's this custom in Af, you know, an Afghan custom called Baka Bazi. Right, and it is one of those things that most people do not like. Right, it's frowned upon. It's just like it's not good. But because rich motherfuckers do it, it's something that's kind of allowed to happen behind closed doors, as it were. You know. And what Bakabazi is, it's boy fiddling, right? It's one of these things. Now, a load of cultures have done this shit. Like, if you read, like, read Greek and Roman mythology, and not even Greek and Roman mythology, actually Greek and Roman history, right? Like, little boys were kept for pleasure. You know, that was a big thing. You know, women are for marriage. Boys are for pleasure. You know, like, I remember at uni, um, 
you know, there was a, a big contingent of, um, you know, Cypriots and Turkish people at the university. And that was, an, that was something that was talked about. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, you know, like sex out of marriage is frowned upon. So instead, yeah, you like mess around with a dude. Right, that was always a thing. But at least, you know what I mean? That's just a dude. That's a dude your own age. You know what I mean? That's essentially your own age in something. And that's whatever, whatever. But when you go back in time, the, the, the kind of situations of having a, you know, a young adolescent boy, I guess, you know, because I haven't hit puberty so uh, kind of maybe more feminine I don't even know But yeah, that's the kind of thing Right, because you, you want these dancing boys You know, no beards You know what I mean? So yeah, no, like uh, I guess a lack of testosterone All of that But it's not A, a common thing It's not something that You know, Afghans be like Oh yeah we do like some bakabazi. <laughs> yes, that's something we all enjoy. Ah, you know, yeah, go home after a day at work and have some. No, this isn't one of those things. It's it's like saying because Epstein and his buddies liked fucking underage, you know, boys and girls to be like, oh well, everyone does, right? No, only sick, depraved motherfuckers do. But what old Charlie and Tim kind of made out, they, they, they made it seem that this was a traditional thing, right? This was something that's, you know, a lot of Afghans do, which is a messed up. Very messed up You know, because like the, These boys You know, they're, they're Bought by these Older men And they're made To dance and Do other depraved Acts for them That's not good It's not good at all Right, but yeah, for some reason they decided to make this play about it. Well, not even it's a musical. So it was a musical, right? And the story is of these two sixteen year old boys who are um part of some guy's you know, backer system, as it were, and they fall in love. Which is a, it's just a whole messed up, like it's, it's messy man, that's not something to play with But as it is, you know, I guess a lot of plays, not everyone has access to plays Plays and musicals and things such as that, they're not often the cheapest things, right, they're only in certain places so, people don't get to see them Not everyone gets to see them The distribution model is 
narrow, right? But because everything went online, because of the pandemic and the world shutting down, so this play that started in 2017, they'd recorded it. So they stuck it on a website for people to watch. You know, obviously, you you had to pay for it. Uh, But in doing that, it got greater attention. You know what I mean? It got greater attention. So now then, the world knows. You know, like, you, you had a lot of Afghans around the world suddenly, you know... Realising there is this production out there That has basically romanticised Paedophilia Because that's what it is It is paedophilia They made a play about paedophiles <laughs> Like, what? What? A musical about paedophiles now, like, you could think, okay, maybe a, a, just a straight-up production, it's hard-hitting, and it's got a message that this is bad, and it's behind a campaign of, we want to stop this thing, right? I think it's, that's the only way you could see that working, but even then... It's kind of tone deaf, right? It's not really something that you're like, ooh, <laughs> let's let's put on our glam rags and go and check this out. You know, oh, I hear the boy who danced on air is good. Let's go and check it out. Like, you don't expect people to be, uh, you know, doing that. But yes, so, you know, word went out. And the backlash. Thank God. <laughs> you know, the backlash. So, as everything that happens, people start putting out apologies. Right? Now, the, the big, one of the real big things behind all of this, you know, one of the, like, glaring situations that you're just like, wait, what? Like, Charlie and Tim... They're not Afghan. They're not Afghan descent. They're just white Americans. And they didn't consult with anyone. You know, they didn't, like, really get in touch with anyone from the background, from the culture, to be like, okay, we we decided to do this. Does this, you know, does this resonate? Are you cool with this? Are these facts right? Didn't do any of that. Right, and they didn't even get any Afghan actors to play the part. One of the, um, I guess, guys playing one of the boys was of Japanese descent. Yeah, yeah, one of those ones, right? You know how they like, I guess, they used to do it a lot in films, right. You'd um, be like, oh, we're going to tell a film about uh, this. And instead of employing, you know, I heard, you know, in some kind of Western, they had Mexicans 
playing Native Americans and, and that kind of stuff. Like, it, it's something that's always it's happened a lot, right? It's nothing new. But yeah, so they had this guy of Japanese descent playing. Now, he's put out an apology. And he's one. He put it on Instagram, as you would. And he says, a while ago, I did a show where I played someone of Afghan descent, which I am not. The show romanticised sexual assault and misconstrued an entire culture and its people. I am so sorry. It's just like, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, like, huh? <laughs> wait, that? That's your apology? What the fuck is that? Because, listen, I get it. You want to be, you know, unless you're a huge name, getting roles, that's not, obviously it's not the easiest thing in the world. Like with any job. Right, there's a lot of people competing for that stuff, but, but this is the thing, you know. It's kind of like you know, if someone contacted me and said, "Um, oh, we want you to make, uh, let's say, cigarettes sound sexy. We want to get kids smoking." I mean, like, yeah, you know what? Nah, I. Can't do that You know what I mean Like that's just not That's not cool Now don't get me wrong I Look adults smoke cigarettes They understand So if it was doing marketing to them I could do that As long as it's not lying Do you know what I mean I'm just like Because they can make a decision I'm not But I'm not trying to You know and make you believe, you know, like they did in the, you know, 50s, 60s, so and so on, tell you that, oh, these are good for your health, <laughs> all that kind of shit, no, not doing that, and so, you'd think, someone says, hey, do you want to be in this play, yeah, 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 sure, what's the play, well, we want you to play this boy, who, uh, basically, he's a, a, he's a backer, bazzy boy, you know, so he dances for, you know, rich men who, uh, you know, then have sex with him. And you're like, say what? Wait, that's paedophilia, right? You want, huh? What? You'd question it. Like, I surely you're going to question that and go, hold on, this, mm, not sure about this. So my man had a choice. And he chose to be in it. So it's just like, come on, son. That's a weak-ass apology. You know, that's a weak-ass apology. Because this is... It, you know, it's messy. It's a messy subject. Really is. Then you had, um, you know, you, you had the... The main people themselves, right? Tim and Charlie. So, a load of people came out against this film. And the crazy thing is, the film was streamed by an LGBT theatre company. But that's the that's the funny thing, right? It's kind of like, um, not everyone will support everyone. You know what I mean? 
So even though it's LGBTQ, it's kind of like, yeah, but those people who, yeah, we don't care about those people. But the Afghan LGBT community were not pleased. Not pleased at all. So, yes, everything went, like, up in arms. Like it should. And so, yeah, they contacted the theatre and they, you know, asked for mediation and everything like that. And so they, you know, spoke to them. And these dudes, they put out an apology, right? They put out some weak-ass apology, which is just meh. No, it is terrible. Um, but then, you know, more stuff went down, and so they said another one, right? And it was, um, you know, they said, uh, we created a world of pain for people in the Afghan community, especially the LGBT Afghans who are particularly marginalized, right? Um, we also now realise that it was not our place as privileged white writers to tell stories about communities that are already ready, unrepresented and under attack in this country. And I'm just like, people need to stop doing this shit. You ain't the whole, oh, we now realise it's not our place to tell this story. Now, listen... Right, if they researched it, if they'd spoken to the Afghan community, they brought in you know writers, actors, musicians to help, that would have been okay. They didn't though, because I feel look, people can write stories, you know, it's you're not always going to get stories written by. A certain group of people There'll be other people that will write them But do your fucking research And after the fact If you get called out on it Don't be like Ooh, We now realise that It's not out you know, like, Fuck you man Fuck you You know It's ridiculous The theatre As I said look The theatre there was an LGBT theater. They then had to apologize because they were calling this whole thing a um, like a traditional Afghan experience. So they had to apologize for that. And it's just like, wait, what like what are you doing? Like, if you are meant to be representing this thing, represent it, don't cherry pick, don't be like, yo, we're looking after our white LGBTQs, everyone else, yeah, fuck all them, you know what I mean, because that's what it seems, really does, and then so, so now, right, now, these, these bunch of fools are saying that they're donating proceeds to Afghan charities, Right to mitigate the harm done as much as possible. Come on, man! Like and to to say that as well, we're gonna donate proceeds. Wait, so are you gonna actually, you know, put out your your profit sheets, show how much money this whole thing made? You know what I mean? And donate 
all of it? Is that what you're going to do? Or are you just going to throw, like, a grand, say, their way? And go, eh, there you go. Because, as I said, look, stories are stories. And I don't really, I don't as much have an issue of a story being told. But when it is something like this, dealing with something like this, it's paedophilia, people, right? There should be something around it. There should be a call for action. You, you like, because you didn't make this to shine a light on this situation to go, this is something that should be stopped, right? You didn't do that. If you were doing that, that's something. But you just thought, oh, this is a cool story to tell. Let's do it and make money. Fuck you. <laughs> you bunch of fuck-faced motherfuckers. It's some typical bullshit. And then to not hire anyone. Right? To not hire anyone from, you know... The Afghan dysphoria. Like. You know They're just taking the piss. They're taking the piss. And. Yeah I do. I feel this is something that needs to be. Considered. Like this is something that needs to be. Understood. Right. Tell stories. You know what I mean. But. Spread that shit around Don't then just only hire You know Certain people Like go oh if we avoid them They won't know It's just weak Just weak And you feel like you know Because 2017 Not that long ago (laughs) Not that long ago So we have seen Like so much, or even around that time, of people talking about this sort of thing under representation. So for them to act like, oh, we didn't know. No, shame on you two. You know what I mean, shame on you, Tim Rosa, and shame on you, Charlie Sahin, and especially as. Especially, man, because they, gosh, they should have known too, the, you know, diversionary theatre, all of them pieces of shit. Alright, so, uh, you know what, I find the BBC laughable, I really do, you know what I mean, they, they're a bunch of liars and crooks, that's all I can say. Alright, so there was an incident in July, right? A, a young hospital worker, um, you know, he was supposedly walking home, well, walking to the bus stop when he was hit by a car. So he suffered like a broken leg, nose, cheekbone. Not, you know, I mean, it wasn't a good situation. But when he got run over, he then got subjected to a lot of racial abuse. 
So the BBC decided to report this story, which, yeah, obviously, report the story. Now, the the things about this story that I find, you know, just a bit shit, right? Firstly, the um the guy that was attacked. So like. He's met, you know, supposedly he's a musician, right? And they say he's known by K or K Dog. And then they keep on referring to him as K Dog. I'm like, just use his fucking name, firstly. Use his fucking name. And you can't be, oh, we're protecting his identity because you've used his pseudonym. So anyone's going to know who the fuck you're talking about, right? So that's not an excuse. So use his name, motherfuckers. Then, right, so they had um, this white reporter report this story. And she used the racial slurs. Used racial slurs, which is a weird one, right? Because they never do that. You know, when they're reporting other things... They don't use a racial slur, right? If they did, you know, fine, whatever. You know what I mean? Because I'm kind of like, it. you know, it's news, right? So if you're reporting the news, report the news. But you have to have a policy of reporting the news. Don't cherry pick. Yeah, you can't go, oh, we're not going to use these words, or, well, in this situation, we'll use these words, or we'll say these things. You know, it's all in or all out. Pick a fucking lane, right? So, to this point, they've never used slurs. They've never used these words. But for some reason, they decided to, right? For some weird reason, they decided to do that. Now, a load of people complained. A load of people complained. You know? Said it was wrong. Right? They were pissed. And I get that. I completely get that. Right? They, it, you know, what? 18,600 people, in fact. You know what I mean? Now... What happened when all of those people complained? The BBC told them whatever, <laughs> basically. You know, they said that the use of the word was for a story. And they're justified in doing it. Right, so that's what happened. You know, and so that was on the 29th of July. Right, so they did that. Now, a DJ on the station, he quit. Right, so on one extra, you know, DJ Sideman, he quit. He was just like, nah. <laughs> hey, he, well, yeah, he said the action and defense of the action feels like a slap in the face of our community. So yeah, he resigned. He left, and yeah, the BBC are defending it, but politicians, a load of people are like. No, this isn't... What What are you doing? What are you doing? So, finally... 
right? The BBC, you know, the director, the BBC director, Tony Hale, he came out and, um, you know, he issued an apology. So he came out and issued an apology, which, I mean... In itself, a bit of a joke. Ain't gonna lie. <laughs> it's a bit of a joke. You know, it doesn't... The apology makes no sense. No sense. Especially after shit that has been said in the past. It's just like, what are you saying? Like, what are you doing? It's a fucking, it's a ridiculous situation, right? It really is. So, um, yeah, what he said was this, right? The BBC's intention was to highlight an alleged racist attack. This is important journalism, which the BBC should be reporting on, and we will continue to do so. Yet, despite these good intentions, I recognise that we have ended up creating distress amongst many people. The BBC now accepts that we should take a different approach at the time of broadcast, and we are very sorry for that. We will now be strengthening our guidance on offensive language across our output. Every organisation should be able to acknowledge when it has made a mistake. We make one here. I'm just like, no. <laughs> like, no. That's bullshit. It is straight up bullshit. Right? Because they had the complaints. It's not like it was a few complaints. They had a ton of complaints. And refuse to do anything. But now, you know, days, days later, they've decided to go, actually, you know what? Yeah, we're going to apologize now. It's just like, like, what are you talking about? And the whole, we have to strengthen our guidance on offensive language. Like, I think your guidance on offensive language has been pretty clear up to this point. Here, people have had to reside for using certain words. Yo, you've admonished people for sending out certain tweets and saying certain things. So to act like, oh well, we you know we weren't sure. Oh, we weren't sure. No. That is bullshit. It's bullshit. And then the, um, you know, we wanted to highlight this alleged racist attack. Wait. Have, you wanted to highlight this alleged racist attack. So the fact someone got run over, broke a leg, nose, cheekbone. Right? That's not clear enough and then if you said and then was subjected to a storm of racist abuse so that isn't enough people are gonna go oh it was probably nothing 
what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I don't think the actual words are really needed for people to get. That's a shitty thing to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no one's going to be like, oh, well, I don't know what they said, so, uh, yeah, I know, I figure it's okay. I ah, see, you know what I mean? Like, oh, what, a broken leg? Ah, oh, that's nothing too bad. Like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And I think the thing that is then crazy about it, the thing that really gets me, you know, is the people going, oh, I commend, I, you know, I commend Lord Hall for apologising. Oh, Miss Lord Hall is very good for issuing a statement. Like, no, no, he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> like, it means no. Like, words mean nothing, especially after the string, the string of shabbiness that you know the BBC have put out there. You know, it is. Laughable. So to have all of these people then go, um, you know, that oh yes, well done, well done. You know, it's a good thing that he uh, he did this. Yo, know, and what the fact you know a uh, another presenter on a different station, but still right. She said, um, you know that. She thought that it was very good that he intervened But see, this is the thing, right? He heard Like, it's not like he didn't know this happened Right? It happened on the 20... uh, Like the 29th I think Hmm. Yeah, I think the actual comment was made on the 29th, right? So he would, he's a director fucking general. So he would have known that there was a backlash to this thing. And if he didn't, what the fuck is he doing? You know what I mean? So he knew that happened. Now, if he'd come out the next day and said, you know what? Nah, this shit don't happen on my ship. What the fuck? You know what I mean? We're holding an inquiry to find out why they thought that was necessary. Now, that is leadership. That is something. But to wait over a week, to wait over a week and then go, oh, yeah, no, we apologize. Fuck you. Do you mean that? That's not an apology. That's fucking PR, son. You know what I mean? And I know. <laughs> I have written many a fucking press release, many a retraction and comment. <laughs> I know. Like, if you really wanna say something, if you really wanna comment, you do it ASA fucking P. That's what you do. You, you know, I've stayed in the office until like midnight working on media shit because we needed to get a message out. 
right? So the fact that they didn't, no, it means they didn't really care until, you know, their back was right up against the wall. You know what I mean? That's when they did it. And only then. And that is... That's just bad. It's bad. And so all these fucking people, they, you know, trying to jump to his defence. Shame on you. Like, what are, what are you doing? What are you doing? And listen, I get it. I get it. Some people are like, oh, you know what I mean? I don't want to get sacked. I don't want to come out and say, you know, anything crazy, which is fine. You know, that's fine. You're looking after you. And I get that. Especially right now on the jobs. <laughs> yeah, there's not a whole heap around, right? But just don't say anything then. Keep your fucking mouth shut. You know what I mean? Keep your mouth shut. But to come out and be and try and act like oh BBC's mad brave. No. And the funny thing is, right, so a um, a guy, you know, uh, Larry Meadows, so he's a US correspondent for BBC's World Service, you know, he, um, he commented, he said, the BBC didn't allow me, an actual black man, to use the N-word in an article when quoting an African-American who used it, but a white person was allowed to say it. On TV Because it was editorially justified Hmm So yeah You know, I respect that Fucking You know what I mean? Shine the light on shit Don't hide from it That's It makes no sense to do that Like, what the fuck Now see As I said, look There's many things the BBC Just fucking up on so, recently they put uh, a TV series called The Real McCoy, finally, on iPlayer. Now, the big thing around that is, for years, right, so this show was done, man, I want to say kind of mid-90s, I think mid-90s it aired, right, and, um, actually, no, it was before that. I think it was late 80s or early 90s at least. But yeah, no, it's an old sh- older show, right? And so for years people have seen like, oh, you know, you're 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 rerunning a lot of old series. Why don't you rerun that? Like there's this show Only Fools and Horses that gets a run to death. But they had never shown the real McCoy. Now, one of their things was they said years back they came out and said, "Oh, we would we'd love to, but the um the tapes were damaged. We no longer have any copies of it." That's what they said, and one of the guys that helped create and starred in the show, Felix Dexter, um, it's a great comic. He died. He died, and they didn't. Like, you know, you would have thought, oh, he's, you know, unfortunately he's died. Like, it's sad. Let's let's commemorate his death and put this show up. That's part of his legacy. Let's put this up. Didn't do it then. 
But then all of a sudden now, now when the BBC, you know, they came out and said, oh yeah, we're investing in, you know, black people and all of this. And oh, this is our answer to everything that's gone on with George Floyd. Oh, we're going to put the real McCoy up. And you know, it's just like, wait, so when you said that you didn't have any copies, so that's just a straight up lie, right? Straight up lied. You know, and they do this all the fucking time. So, you know what? I I think Tony Hale is a piece of shit. I think the BBC are a bunch of jokers. They have no fucking credibility. No credibility. So, fuck the BBC. Basically, fuck them. They're pieces of shit. And people need to stop fucking defending the bullshit and tell it as it is. You know what I mean? Okay, so I find this kind of amusing. Uh, so there was an adult film actress, Mia Khalifa, who was, um, man, she was big back in the day. And when I say back in the day, I'm like, uh, what, 2000s? Yeah, it must have been early 2000s, I feel. Because I remember listening to an interview she gave on uh, Westwood one time, right? Um, and, I, like, in recent years... I remember seeing a piece because, you know, she's left the adult industry and she wants to be a um, a sports presenter. Well, a commentator, should I say, a sports commentator. Right. And she was um, saying people don't want to employ her because of her past work and all of this. And she can't leave, you know, her history behind and she's saying that she only worked in the adult industry for three months which i do not believe that is true <laughs> you know what i mean this is like you could say that but i don't know if that is true especially from other things she has said in the past but anyway whatever right so she's always been going she wants to leave that behind you know, she wants to leave her past behind and work on becoming this great sports commentator, right? But um, now she is auctioning off glasses that supposedly she wore making these films, right? And the money is going to uh, Lebanon, you know, because of, there was an explosion, you know, the huge explosion in Beirut uh, last week, which definitely, yo, it's a bad thing, you know, obviously a load of people died, and that's terrible, so, you know, I, I look, if she can raise money, that is all good, that's all good, you know what I mean, I'm, I don't think it's a bad thing, I just think it's amusing, you know what I mean? Because for someone that's always been like, I don't want people to, you know, I don't want reminders of this. I want to become this big sports person and I don't know why people keep on bringing it up, blah, blah, blah. 
and now she, you know what I mean it's just like ah well if you do this obviously no one's gonna forget it and I to be I am crazily surprised right because so I, I see a screenshot right and at the moment well for, as of the 9th of August right the the bid was 50 50,300 dollars you know with 6 days and 21 hours left there'd been 128 people who had bid on these glasses right i'm just like why would anyone want some some glasses that have you know if they are glasses she um you know she wore whilst making a whole heap of porn they've probably been uh you know pebble dashed <laughs> as, you know as you might say you know they've definitely been coated in a whole heap of shit right so yeah why like huh why would anyone it baffles me it really baffles me right so um she says that uh you know she will take polaroid you know, before shipping them and um yeah she'll sign them <laughs> if someone really wants if someone wants her to and I'm like okay well i you know is is like what are you going to do like put them in a in a you know a case on the wall like <laughs> these glasses were worn by mia khalifa Huzzah! <laughs> Any chances are they're probably just some new shitty ones that she's just picked up in the gas station, and it's just like, well, they look like, well, they look like glass. I mean, they look like glasses. Glasses are glasses, right? Even designer glasses, you know, essentially they're just plastic or metal. It's frames. It's nothing crazy. The real, you know, what I mean, the real crazy shit is the lenses. You know, because that's where the shit comes from, right? The magnification or, you know, the correction within. That's the real shit. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. It's crazy, man. But, yeah, obviously, people want them. (laughs) People want them, man. So, um, yeah, if you want some glasses that, you know, may or not still have residual cum all over them, you better head your ass down to eBay and um, get that, you know, get that cash book out. Get that cash book out, people, or uh, try and remortgage the house because they seem to be a hot ticket item, you know. She says that, um, you know, she's considering selling other shit. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> what I wonder what else could possibly be going up, and um, you know, in a few months' time, when you know she finds that I don't know ESPN, Fox, and the like, 
aren't really looking to employ her Let's um, see what young Khalifa has to say about that (laughs) Oh, the crazy ass fool, man, but whatever, you know (sighs) The money's going to a good cause, so hey-ho Well, you hope it is You hope it is Because, hey, you know what? Even when you give money to these charities and whatnot You know, like, there's corruption and shit So, you know, I never, I don't believe it's all going But hopefully at least some of it does I don't know, we'll see, man We will see Okay, so, um To mark the 25th anniversary of the Women's Prize for Fiction They have um, reissued 25 titles that were written by um, female authors But had used pseudonyms You know, like uh, George Eliot was, um, you know, really a female writer you know what I mean? So, um, Middlemarch was really written by Mary Ann Evans. Now, so, this is a thing that people have known for ages. Like, this isn't new. You know what I mean? But what is kind of surprising that this is actually the first time that the, you know what I mean, the real name is getting put on these books. Which I do find kind of shocking Like you kind of assume that it was done You know what I mean As soon as like you work out That they go oh this book is actually Or if not On the front of the book Like within the book Do you know what I mean It's you know the acknowledgement That you always find at the front of books And you know amendments and all of this Blah 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 That something was written there Right, because that makes just makes sense, you know what I mean. Now, one thing I do wonder though, because you know I went and checked out the uh, the website and all. It doesn't seem like the, you know, the original name is there. So on Middlemarch, it just says like Marianne Evans, which I think is good. Don't get me wrong. But you need to put the old name as well. Right? You know what I mean? And why and the reason for this is like you have to let people know that this was a thing. You know what I mean? If you just say Oh, Middlemarch, Marianne Evans Firstly, a lot of people will think Oh, is this a new version? You know what I mean? Is this a modernised... Like, is it re... You know what I mean? But some people might not know, right? But then it's the thing being That this was a thing that happened You know what I mean? There was a point in history Where... Yo, like a a woman couldn't get a book published under her name Yo, so if you just, like, write it like Oh, no, Middlemarch is Mary Ann Evans A lot of people won't get that Yo, 
that was a huge thing back then. You know what I mean? It, 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 it took a lot to get to the point where that shit don't happen anymore. You know, unless, you know, someone is doing something, right? Because we know that, um, what's her name? The friggin' Harry Potter woman. God damn it. Rowlings? JK, JK motherfucking Rowlings. Yes. Now, she wrote some crime books under, is it Robert Gil, Gildarch? Robert Gilbarch? Something, something, right? But it was like a... Because that's what some authors do. If, if you know, they're known for writing in one genre. And they want to go, oh, let me try my hand at this. They often use a pseudonym. So sometimes, you know, a female author will, you know, use a male name. If, say, she she's been writing crime. And she wants to try, um, I don't know, sci-fi. Yeah, oftentimes people do that, right? So that's the thing. But that's now, right? And that's just so you can try something without, I guess, the the spotlight from your other stuff coming upon it, which makes sense. But this was back in the day. I mean, this is when shit was a whole lot different. So you can't mitigate that fact. You mean you don't want people to think, ow, well, everything was fine. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's just like a lot of people try and do, you know, like when you see films now, they're, they're doing a like a period drama and they go, oh, it's got to be multicultural. Oh, yes. So and they and they try and do that. And you're just like. Yeah, that's not the case. <laughs> you, know, you, you wouldn't have found all of these people freely walking around. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? Stop it. It's not helpful. You know what I mean? Because everyone knows back then it was shit. So let's not try and pretend otherwise, okay? So, you know, I think there needs to be something, and hopefully there is something... That emphasizes the importance of this, you know, the huge steps and the fact that, yo, this is the first fucking time. See, you know, I mean, like this book was published, blah, blah, blah. So while this author was alive, no one knew. No one knew it was a chick, right? So, yeah. Do that. Hopefully they are doing that. Because, uh, you know, the website isn't the best, people. Like, you know what I mean? There's not a whole heap of information to let you know this kind of shit. Which I do feel is a shame. But, uh, I don't know. It is what it is, I guess. Uh, also, the weird thing. So, they redesigned the covers. And, uh, you know, for the most part. A lot of the covers are pretty cool. But the actual title of the book is like tiny at the very bottom. And it's very hard to see in places. You know, because they've used white text on, you know, weird coloured backgrounds. So oftentimes the, the letters are, you know, faded away. You know, they didn't really think 
<laughs> when they were doing this, I, I, you know, he does seem, but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. These people are crazy, but you know, definitely interesting, right? Definitely interesting, and yeah, so it's twenty five books, twenty five books that you can go and check out. Now, the one thing that I do think is pretty good, right? So, um. Now, this you know, I feel you you can buy them individually, or you can buy them in a box set, but to increase, you know, the uh, um oh gosh, what's the word? It would be uh like the, the you know the the spread of this information and the knowledge and whatnot. Um, they're free to download. Yeah. So you can, you know, if you've got a Kindle, you're an e-book reader, yo, you can go get yourself a free book. And, um, yeah, so that's pretty, I think that's pretty cool. So, um, yeah, if you want, if you want some of these books, go, uh, go check it out. You know, it's the, um, Woman's Prize for Fiction, right? So go check their website. Okay, cool. Okay, people, so... This week on Chin Check, we, um, you know, we're breaking down UFC 252, which features that headlining fight, Stipe Miocic against Daniel Cormier. It's the third fight. It's the trilogy fight. It's the legacy fight. So we're going to break down and um, give you... Our picks for who's going to win all of those fights. So far, there's 11 on the card. And we're also looking back on uh, yesterday, week two of Dana White's Contender Series. So, once you're done with this, go check out Chin Check. And share it with your peoples, people. Go on, be a good friend. Alright? Peace. And let's move on. Okay, so this week I checked out Star Trek Picard. Um, yeah, which is on Amazon Prime, right? Um, so it's 10 episodes. And I think one of the big things, like, I really like uh, Michael Chabon's work. So that was one of the, the most intriguing parts of this for me. You know, seeing what impact he'd have on, like, the Star Trek story. So, it was created by Akiva Goldsman, Michael Chabon, uh, Kristen Bayer, and Alex Kurtzman. Um, and, what? so, basically, Kurtzman signed a deal. So, he took over as showrunner. On Star Trek Discovery. And as part of that he signed. I think it's like a five year deal. With um, CBS. And he could develop. Like more Star Trek series. Like of all different kind of shapes and forms. And he had always said that he felt that Jean-Luc Picard was his favourite captain. I don't know why. And, um, yeah, so he really wanted to do that And, you know, Patrick Stewart had said he wasn't going to He didn't want to revisit, but they put this treatment together They enticed him, he eventually said yes 
And so, yeah, that's how it kind of all came about. But he would only do it if it was completely different to, you know, the Star Trek stories that we have always seen. And, uh, yeah, that's why he signed on. So, yes, other than um, Stuart, so this is... It's starring Amanda, um, Amanda, uh, sorry, Alison Peel, uh, as Dr. Agnes Chirati, uh, Isa Brunez as Soji, um, and another character who I forget the name of, but it's her sister, essentially, Michelle Hurd as Rafi Muska. Uh, Santiago Cabrera as Cristobal Rios, uh, Harry Treadaway as Navak, Evan Evagora as Elnor. Um, yeah, and just you know, Jerry Ryan, she um reprises her role. And, you know, we get a, a, a few others who, um, you know, come back, as it were. So the gist is this, right? Um, at the end of the 24th century, and 14 years after his retirement from Starfleet, Jean-Luc Picard is living a quiet life on his vineyard, Chateau Picard, when he is sought out... By a mysterious young woman, Deja. That's it. That's the other Soji's sister. And in need of his help, he soon realizes she may have personal connections to his past. So yes, that's it. It's also um twenty years after. The events of Star Trek Nemesis. Right? And what we what we see with this Picard, you know, he's um definitely being affected by that. Also, um, you know, d- well, because you know, data's death, so that's another big thing. And also then the destruction of Romulus. That we saw in, you know, the new Star Trek film, um, of the reboot, kind of, you know, the J.J. Abrahams Star Trek, uh, from 2009, so, um, yes, so we have all of this, um, and I, I, I kind of feel, right, so if you are a Star Trek fan, I think, yeah, you would definitely enjoy this. I think it kind of fits into what Star Trek fans have come to enjoy. And that's a crazy thing, right? So, you know, Stuart wanted something that was completely different to anything that we've seen. But really, like, yes, you know, it's different in some of the framing, right? Like it's not based on a ship as such, you know. Uh, but 
it's still very clearly a Star Trek series. Yo, like everything, the way, just the, like the construction of the characters. You know, like everyone's got something that's deeply upsetting them. And, uh, you know, this past, this thing in their past that oh, just comes back and haunts them. That's really a Star Trek thing. You know, like we always see it in, in every Star Trek story. The different type of characters. You know, the jovial person who's really got a bit of a secret. You know, then the analytical ones. And it's just like... You know, it is so that's the thing, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, it, it, it's kind of different, but it's definitely not different. And so, yeah, I feel you know, fans will definitely like it. People that loved the next generation, they will enjoy it, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, there's stuff in this that. Because it, look, and don't get me wrong, it's not bad, right? I didn't mind it, I liked it. It did feel that it was, it could have been shorter, right? It, it, it definitely seemed like it could have been shorter. And then there were just these, these things, these constructs in it that I think are just a bit tiresome. You know, like, this, we always, you know, like, they have Picard liking the past. Like, that's always been a thing. But then you've got him now, you know, on this chateau. And, you know, he, everything is set up like it's an oldie time place. You know, the only music he's listening to is, like, classical and blah, blah, blah. Which is fine. Right? That's fine. But I'm kind of like wait. So there's nothing of the future that you like. Do you know what I mean like look? You you have people that like vintage and all of that, but they don't always walk around in vintage clothing, or they've got an iPod. You know, it, it, it's kind of like yes, you might really enjoy the past, but you know. There's stuff of the future that you like too. So just having like this Picard, the, he's only kind of, you know, this is the only thing he likes. And uh, this is, it's a, just, it feels a bit much, right? And uh, yes, I, I grant it, that's a small thing, right? That's a small thing and just probably something that irritates me. But then you've got these other things. Okay, so... You know, I guess it's like uh, there's, there's these points of the story That always get a bit frustrating You know, like um, You you have like people that go Oh yes, I can always tell someone's character Oh yeah, I, I can sense You know, if someone's lying to me Or blah 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 And then, it, you, then you find Oh, this person's been hiding a secret And you're just like, ugh and you, what, and you couldn't tell, you know, and it takes everyone by surprise, and you're just like, well, it was kind of obvious, 
Right, they turned up out of nowhere And they really want to be a part And it's just like, come on No one had questions Like, how is it no one had questions? Right, just seems a bit odd So there's that Then you've got just got this whole thing Because there's this Romulan threat And, you know, they convince someone to do something and there was no, and you know, because there was no like you have to, because it's weird. Like we get, we get told different kind of variations of what they were told. It's never really consistent. But from what I'm, from what I'm kind of taking is, they weren't actually told to do this big thing that they did. And it's like. Why did you choose to do that? You know, like, they chose to do this one thing Which always seems a bit weird Because, you know, we get the kind of Oh, but I couldn't, I couldn't tell They did this, and it's just like, alright, fine But there's other ways, right? That you can indicate something is wrong There's other ways And... That never happens. Like in these type of stories, they never try. Right? They never try and go, listen, something's happened. You need to. And I always find that very odd and convenient. Right? But then by the end of all of this, it seems like it's all been forgotten. It really seems like it's all been forgotten And you're just scratching your heads like Wait So you can do a thing And then it's just fine? Like how the fuck is it just fine? <laughs> That's very odd Right? That always seemed real odd But there's not. that's not just the only thing Like we find out that Picard kind of fucked Raffi over Right? Kind of fucks her over He's living the life And she's in kind of a squat I mean, they say it's a squat It doesn't really look like a squat You know what I mean? It's one of those ones where you watch a program About someone that's meant to be broke And their apartment is real nice So yeah, Raffi's squat Mmm You know <laughs> Have you definitely seen squattier places? But from all pretense and purposes, you know, I mean, we're we're told that yes, she she's been having a bad time of it, and you're just like, wait, so why didn't Picard help? Why, like, we don't really get any reason for why he didn't. You know, it just seems like eh, you know, I forgot, didn't want to. Again, it's kind of just pushed to the side It's kind of pushed to the side and all forgotten about And it's just like, wait, how would you forget about that? You know, like, look, I can understand, you know There might be a thing where you go, okay, look, I'll help you out But, you know, it wouldn't be all Hey, we're buddies, I love you You know what I mean? It'd just be, it'd be kind of uh, a bit of a hostile, listen, I'm only doing it because of this, 
Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. What? Come on. You know, and it just seems so... Everyone just seems so easy to forget certain things. Which is real kind of... Hmm. Right? And there's always a frustrating thing that I kind of have with Star Trek. Right? It's it's these things. It's these things that they do with stories. That, you know, it just doesn't sync up with real life at all. Like, how people would actually act. Even though... You know, it's always trying to, they always try and emphasize to you that uh, we're very human and we're very logical and we're breaking it down in a humanly way. But you're just like, yeah, maybe. But people don't do that shit. Like, what are you doing? Huh? You know, so there's that. Then we've got, okay, let's look at Soji as a character, right? Soji as a character is just weird as fuck. It's a weird character, you know, because we um have her kind of getting like seduced by Navak, right? So we have that. But that whole relationship you like you look at it and you're like, that ain't a relation. like what is going on here? Because we see them meet and then they're meant to be in love, right? And you just you're kind of perplexed because in this whole situation we don't really see her asking any information. Like, she's always getting asked questions. And I think she, we see her ask maybe two questions. And he never gives the answers. And you would just be like, but come on. You would want to know stuff. Right? You would want to know stuff. And especially, because we're kind of sold that she's very, you know... Um, oh, what do you call it? In, intro, introverted. Introverted? That's the one, yes, introverted is the one, right? So, we're kind of, that she's introverted, keeps to herself, doesn't really open up. But she's, you know, she's all yappy, yappy to Navek. And doesn't expect any answers from him, it would seem. And that's the weird thing. Thing. Like, if you want to show a relationship, I try and make it look at you know a bit real. You know, have her kind of always question why he's never opening up to her or giving her any information because we don't see that, and so it just makes everything odd. Like when she's in trouble, like the first person she goes to is him, and you're just like, why though? Because he's not giving her anything. Right? And so you're just like, huh? What the fuck is this? So we have that. Right? And, but then, when she's meeting other people who are treating her nicely, and it's just like, oh, I can't trust people, and oh, I'm gonna... And it's just like, yo, you basically 
were just giving everything up to nab it, but like all these other people you're acting like, it's just like, where's the consistency here, this is all fucking, just, ugh, you know, it's just, there's just holes in it, and, and that's the frustrating thing for me, it's just the holes, you know, that just don't make any sense, and you look at it and you go, wait, hold on, Right, like, what are you doing here? What are you doing? Hmm? So, yeah. So we have, you know, that whole thing. And then at the end... Right, her character does so many 180s. It's crazy. Because then at the end, it's just like, Oh, I'm doing this because you don't trip. And it's like, wait, wait, it's just like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, what are you talking about? Like, what are you talking about? What are your points of reference with all of this? It's just, yeah, the way they have a, like, twist at one point at the end. And you're just like, wait, what? And then she goes back. Then she twists his back, and again, it's all like, Oh, you've done so well, Soji. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, wait. So, you know, you can basically do whatever, because no one's going to hold you accountable. And that's the crazy, like, there's no accountability in, in Picard. It's weird. You know, makes no sense. Right? And, and yeah, that's the probably the biggest frustration. You know, all of this. But they also... The, the way they bring back people... Like, they're throwing in all these old characters they know people are going to like. Right? So, you've got Riker and Troy... Who have got a kid, and it's just like, oh, come on, you know, and just the way the kid is, like, just talking, and just, it's all very just, man, you know, it doesn't read right. Right? It it just kind of like, okay, so you're creating these people to do this stuff to fit within your your narrative of the story. So you can then just take it in this direction. Because there is no like why would they be acting like this? It's it yeah, it just doesn't there's so many things that don't really fly that well, you know what I mean, they just don't really fly that well, which has you scratching your head a little, you know, and yeah, it's just like, stop just forcing these characters into the story, because really, really, they don't need to be there, you know what I mean? They really don't need to be there. It's, it's kind of crazy like that. You know what I mean? Just what they've decided to do. And I think Rios. Rios is also an odd situation. 
Because supposedly Rafi knows him well. Right? But he's holding on to this secret. That obviously it comes out at the end. And it's just like, listen. If you've known someone. And you know, suppose you know them well. Yeah. Obviously, look, they might not have to tell you everything, but you'd have an understanding of, okay, so yeah, there's certain shit, right? There's also this one, it's not like it would be, like you could definitely have looked on the record, and yes, within the story they revealed, you know, certain things were changed and altered, but there would still be an indication of the kind of, kind of thing, so you'd still kind of be like, oh, this person has this weight on them, and you'd thought, wait, surely they'd be like, yo, if you ever want to talk about that, man, I'm here for you, you know what I mean, or something along those lines, but yeah, no, nothing, which, yeah, is kind of odd, I feel, Right, it just kind of reads a little odd. So yeah, there's that. And um yeah, that I think that's the thing. So listen, uh, you know, there's the the story itself is it's fine, it's okay, I kind of enjoy it, but yeah, there's all these holes, all these holes, and I should also point out, like it is a little condescending. Jerry, like, man, now, I wasn't the hugest fan of, you know, next gen, Star Trek Next Generation, right, so I don't, I didn't watch it all, and I, you know, I don't re-watch it or anything like that, so, hey, maybe I'm just forgetting, but Picard seems mad, just condescending in this, the way he just talks down to everyone, you know, like, everyone should, like, bow to him, but we kind of go, oh, he's so understanding, but it's just like, he's, he just is preaching to everyone about all their mistakes, and, oh, yes, you should be open, you should, yo, don't make the mistakes of, oh, and it's always, hey, it's, look at this from my point of view, and, but, and you're just like, wait, what, what the fuck, man? But yeah, maybe this is just all me, right? And, you know, I kind of think it probably is. Because, I, you know, I haven't... Every time like I'd spoken to someone, it'd be like, yeah, no, I enjoy Picard. Like, no one ever kind of pointed out any of these things. So, yeah, it might be me. Am I just kind of... Mm, you know inability to really gel with Star Trek, (laughs) like, there's stuff that I do like, and I do enjoy, but, you know, there's also stuff that really just irritates me, and this might be it, right, but yes, as I said, look, I, I kind of feel, if you are a fan, if you really like Picard, if you like Next Gen, then, yeah, I feel Picard is um something you're going to enjoy and hey he's been renewed for two more seasons you know what i mean so yeah you know and 
They've kind of given themselves an out with the way it ended. So yeah, two two more seasons would kind of make sense. You know, if you wanted to mess around with it and that kind of thing. But um yeah, if you're a huge fan, then I don't think you're gonna be nitpicking as much as me. So uh yeah, enjoy it. It's ten episodes, it's on Prime, and um as I said, look, you're gonna get two more at least of this. So um yay <laughs> But yeah, look, have fun people, have fun. Okay, people, so this week I checked out Low Action, which is Andrew Cartnell's new final detective book, book five in the series. Uh, Yeah, for some reason there was a delay of it coming to Audible, but I was pleased to get the notification that it was here. Uh, So like with the rest, it is narrated by Finley Robertson. And the gist is this, semi-retired god of rock guitar and local poser, Eric Makeloud has got himself a new girlfriend, Helene Hilditch, formerly known as Howling Hellbitch, of all-girl punk outfit, Blue Tits. She's a mean guitarist and someone is trying to kill her. With a rare pressing of their first album to find, the vinyl detective and Nirvana are soon called in to help. But this time the question is, who isn't a suspect? With a trail of grudges behind her, the list of people who would want Helene dead includes her ex-bandmates, their former producer turned record mogul, the TV presenter Helene got fired, even their old roadie could be in on it. Bum, bum, bum. Now, like with the other books, this is just, it's really easy to get into. You know what I mean? Like, Cartnell has got a great flow, right? You just feel comfortable with everything. And it's kind of crazy because, I don't know, now you're just so accustomed to all the people, you know? Like, it kind of feels that, you know, you know them. That, you yeah, you've got this... Connection with everyone and all the craziness that is, you know, just happening in their worlds. Which really, you know, I would say is a good thing. Because uh, sometimes you are scratching your head. Like, wait, why would anyone put up with, you know, a guy called or just like Tinkler doing the things that he's doing? You know, like, how is Cleanhead just not kicking Tinkler's ass all the time? Like, there's certain things that you're just like, wait, what? Huh? You know, because, hey, let's be honest, right? There are plots in the story that are a little ludicrous, right? If you didn't know the characters, if you didn't 
care about the characters, you would just say, no, I'm not buying this, this is just a joke, yeah, why, why, but, can't tell, you know, he's just done this weird thing, he's kind of lulled you in, so you do care, and you're kind of more going, you know, Ah, why doesn't he put a lock on the door? You know what I mean? Make Tinkler pay for all the stuff he's taking. You know, you're not just going, this is ridiculous. You're you're in it. You know what I mean? You're like, why? Huh? Come on. Now let's just go. Like, you're rooting for these people. It's crazy. But it's, it's great fun. You know, it's... Escapism, and that's really what you want, you know. You know, obviously, you know, sometimes you want a factual book, you ought to learn about someone's life, right? And there's plenty of books that you can pick up to do that, but other times you want to be able to escape, you want to, you know, go somewhere else, maybe not somewhere completely crazy in the year 3073, you know what I mean, you want to keep it kind of similar to what's going on now, so something like this, hey, it fits perfectly, and then you're just kind of now, you're all in with the mystery, like, who is trying to kill Helene? Hmm, and you are scratching your head, there are a lot of different kind of theories that I guess you think of, because some of the, hmm, I'd say some of the proposals, you know, they do seem a little thin at times, or they just seem a little out there, so you do kind of think, oh, I feel this is a misdirector, and maybe it's this. Maybe it's even that. Could be that. Yes. Interesting. So that's always good. Now, I will say that I don't think this is really a spoiler. Um, actually, no. I'm not going to say it. not going to say it. But... He brings someone into the story who we have never met yet, right? I We've had reference to, but we've never met. And I do kind of, like, mm, I don't know. That doesn't, it didn't really seem needed. You know, I don't really think it helped the story. You know, it did anything for it. There is, you know, there was ways around, um, you know, the circumstances and other things that could have taken us to where we were going, right? But other than that, I'd say this is, you know, low action is just as enjoyable as all the other books, you know, it's just as fun, and we get some returning characters, which is, you know, always a nice little nod, you know, so we get to see some people that we met in, um, hmm, I think the last book, I think that's where, um, 
you know, they turned up in um, flip action. Flip back, even. Flip action. No, flip back. Yes. I think that's where we met them. Um, Or was it the one before? Hmm. No, I yeah, I think flip. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I think that's it. So, yeah, no, so that's always a little fun. You know, little nod backs to the past and everything like that. I mean, Eric, he's from, uh, you know, he's from book three, I think. That's the whole Valerian thing, right? Um, yeah, or was that book two? Uh, I, I really do lose track sometimes, people. But you understand, right? Uh, so yeah, no, it's good Now, the, there is a big, you know, towards the end There is a big misdirect That is kind of intended as a misdirect But even when it is uttered Like, you, it's, you don't buy it <laughs> Yeah, you just don't buy it Just because, you know, it, it kind of seems a bit Ludicrous to have everyone involved with it But, uh, you know, the way it does actually end That's kind of interesting now Because, yeah You do kind of feel Why would you do all of that crazy, right? That's got to mess with you in some way So, you know, the actual ending, yeah I thought the actual ending was alright I liked it It was a nice way to cap Cap everything off uh, You know, it'd be interesting to see where he goes from here You know But, um, you know I wouldn't be mad at another book There's these, yeah, these are fun They're just easy reads You know, little bits of enjoyment It's a nice aperitif in between other books so, uh, yeah, I would say, listen, if you've enjoyed the previous four, you know, then, yeah, low action, you're going to love it. You know, it's going to fit right into the vein of the previous. You know, you get to meet your favourite characters again, and you get a fun, weird, you know, mystery that involves music. Which, hey, I mean, that's pretty cool, right? So, uh, yeah, go check it out. Um, as I said, look, the the paperback, you know, the physical version. I think that's been out for a little while, a few months. But, uh, yeah, the uh, Audible version is now live. So, uh, go check it out because Finlay Robertson does a great job. As always. So uh, there you have it, people. Okay, people. So we are drawing to an end of another episode. And before we do, let's see what's happening in the world of TV. Well, in some interesting news. So, um... Yeah, NBC Universal. They've got their new streaming service, Peacock. And 
you know, it makes sense they're looking for content. So they have just handed out a series order for um, Will Forte to reprise his role as McGrubber. You know, it started off as an SNL sketch. They then made a film about it in 2010. And uh, yeah, now it's going to be an eight episode series. Uh, no word on how long the episodes are going to be um, and all of that. But uh, it seems like um, Jorma Tacone. Um, who directed the film is coming back And John Solomon who co-wrote it Is also returning to work on the series So uh, yeah Fans of this um, odd MacGyver <laughs> You read Rip-off type thing Hey You've got a TV series So other revivals Now this has been talked about for a while But then it kind of went a little bit quiet But uh, Larry Houston He was doing a um, Wizard World panel at the weekend And he confirmed that um, the X-Men The animated series from the 90s has officially been pitched to Disney. You know, so they the team that did the original cartoon, they have pitched to Disney to um basically pick up from where the t- the cartoon finished back in the 90s. You know, because it didn't really get a, a f- actual conclusion. So um yeah they go they pitched the idea. So now they are basically waiting on Disney to um say yay or nay. You know what I mean? Um and it seems that all the original voice casts and everyone is on board. Now, I don't know what they're thinking of really because he did say um he's cool with a one-off special or a five-part limited series, so it seems that it's not like they've, um, you know, pitched to make a ton of episodes. You know, but um, it'll be interesting, right? Now, it, you know, it would make sense. You know, it's new content. Disney own the X-Men franchise again. So yeah, I mean, but. Maybe they don't want to muddy the waters with all the other stuff that they're working on. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, I guess we are watching that space. Um, So, uh, Netflix, they're making a live-action... Live-action series of uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Which, yeah, is a crazy popular anime series, right? I don't know, I've tried it. it It's kind of odd Haven't really made up my mind yet But, uh, yeah, they're making a live-action series Now, the um, 
you know, the original, um, you know, creators of that series, Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian Contevico, you know, they were on board, they've been working um, as executive producers and showrunners for the series, but they have, uh, yeah, they've stepped away. I mean, it seems a creative, different situation. So the series is still getting made at Netflix, but they're not working on it. You know, they're saying that their vision um, isn't the one that Netflix want to make. But, you know, it is always interesting because they never say what they wanted to do. You know, so it's maybe Netflix want to make some, you know what I mean? Adaptations that make sense Who knows Because they haven't really said But uh, yeah So that is happening people Um, Like Apple They are you know Really going for it on the Production front Uh, So they have just Handed out a straight to series Order For Um a Harriet the Spy series Now It was made into a film In 96 Where Michelle Traction Tunenberg um, You know Buffy's sister That little girl that played Buffy's sister And she did some other shit I forget what But uh, yeah she She played Harriet in the film Now in this animated version um, Beanie Feldstein will be voicing Harriet. You've got Jane um, Jane Lynch, who is going to be voicing Ollie Golly, who's Harriet's no-nonsense nanny, and um, we also have Lacey. Chabot, who is going to be a voicing the ringleader of the smug popular girls at Harriet's school. Uh, so the series um, will also have Sydney Shifton and Lisa Henson, along with Haley Stanfield, as producers. Uh, Titmouse Animation. Are gonna be uh, well doing the animation, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, it's also it's produced by um, the Jim Henson Company, you know. So uh, you know, yeah, I didn't see the film, so I don't know how close it was to uh, Louise Fitzborough's, you know, book. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how close this TV series, um, you know, adheres to it all. But, yeah, that's coming. Uh, Also, Seth MacFarlane, along with Seth Fisher, are, uh, you know, they're currently writing a, um, a script for The Winds of War. You know, which uh, they are turning into a limited series. It doesn't have a, uh, a home 
at the moment, but they're shopping it around. Uh, now, um, it's, you know, McFarlane has a 200 million first look deal with NBC Universal. So I'd be surprised if this didn't end up on the Peacock. But uh, yeah, it's an adaptation of Herman Wook's, you know, book. No word if it will also um, incorporate the uh, the follow-up War and Remembrance, but uh, you know we'll we'll see. So the the you know the story follows an American family's turbulent voyage across the continents and across the years that spanned World War Two. So uh, yeah. We'll see what happens with that. Now, uh, like, this is kind of surprising and something I didn't even know had happened. But, uh, yeah, supposedly, um, the fresh, someone had turned the Fresh Prince of Bel Air into a, um, a four minute short that had turned the concept into a drama. So, yeah, this was Morgan Cooper that did this, and he called it Bel Air. Well, Will Smith and um, Jada, you know, they're a little bit bored at the moment, and they decided, well, this is a great idea, and they are turning it into a, a TV series. Um, yeah, they're currently looking for a home, you know, so they're pitching the idea as a straight to order, uh, a, a many different, um, you know, streamers, but they say it's going to be an hour long, you know, episode, a dramatic look at what would happen if a guy from the streets of West Philadelphia, you know, where he was born and raised, was moved to his, um, you know, rich cousins in Bel Air? You know, so um, yeah, they're saying that it's going to take a, a deep dive into inherent conflicts, emotions, and biases. So I don't know. We'll um, we'll see what happens with that. And finally, people, if you are a fan of Fargo, you will be pleased to know that the um, fourth season will be hitting on the 27th of September. Now, uh, Chris Rock is the lead of this season. That is going to be set in the 1950s uh, Now they filmed a lot of it before the shutdown But uh, they're going to um, resume later this month To finish it off Well that is us people We are done So we will catch you next Wednesday Alright Keep safe Have fun And uh, yeah take it easy you know what I mean? We will see you next week, people. All right? Peace. Yeah.